from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Football at 4 here on The Drive with Tim Donnelly. You can set your watch by it every day at 4. We're talking football here on 99.9 The Fan. And the preseason started pretty horribly for the Panthers. Now, it's just preseason. So you don't have to say that it is worth everything, right? The season's not over. You, you shouldn't start uh, start you know shopping for new teams to root for, or you can't even really worry about the pick because you don't have it this year. Don't jump off that bridge just yet. Uh, not, definitely not. But it would also be foolish to say it doesn't matter at all. Losing in the preseason does not matter. Okay, I don't care that they're zero and one. Uh, and I don't really even care about the score, 27-0. The eye test with your starters on the field does matter. And uh, Bryce Young and the, the starting group, for the most part, was on the field for three drives, and the Panthers gained 16 yards total. That's, like, worth further investigation, <laughs> okay? It's not, okay, this this offense is terrible. The The coordinator needs to go. Frank Reich needs to go. We it, It's not that. But it is, we, we should look into this a bit further, right? You, you want to, we should get a specialist, right? We, we, we should dive in. And, and the other thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was how Frank Reich was, was dealing with it post-game. All of the excuses that you've heard from the Panthers are equally as applicable to the Jets, right? Frank Reich was... was very quick to let us know that the the Panthers were very generic on offense. Here's Frank Reich after the game. You don't like getting shut out and getting beat 27 to nothing. Um, but I have a lot of years in this league that tell me that preseason, you know, preseason scores aren't the most meaningful thing. So uh, not that we're not accountable for that. We are. But it's not the most important thing right now. It's just not. We're trying to evaluate our team. You know, we're trying to... You know, some of it is, you know, listen, this is by design. I mentioned this the other day. You know, we're very generic now. We did nothing, you know, in our scheme, nothing. And that's not an excuse. Um, I expected us to do a lot. So we kept it simple so that we could do a lot, so that we didn't have to think much, so that we could just evaluate one-on-one -on -one play. Every team is bland and boring with their scheme and their play calling in the preseason. The Jets were bland and boring. You really think the Jets were coming into this year uh, with with Super Bowl aspirations for the first time in a very long time, and they're like, hey, we want Zach Wilson to look good, so we're going to empty our playbook and use all of our uh, you know setups and secrets to make sure. No, no, they're not doing that. Nobody is doing that. And I know you heard Frank Reich say it's not an excuse, and it's not. But but why are you bringing it up then? You don't want to get shut out, but we were bland. Not an excuse. Okay, then why are you saying it? Every team is bland and boring in the preseason. In college, if we had a – because they would do one scrimmage in preseason every year open to the fans, just one. And guess what? Our coaches were worried that opposing teams would send in spies dressed as fans to watch, so we kept it bland in front of our own fans. 
You think when when a game is going to be on NFL Network and every other team in the league can watch it on, on their own couch that you're not being extra blank? Of course you are, Panthers, but guess what? So are the Jets. And if you were doing it to measure one-on-ones, right, because there's an element of like, hey, we're just going to throw a deep ball and we need our wide receiver to beat their, their defensive back one-on-one, well, then you've, you lost 27-0 to on your one-on-ones, which is not great either. Now, again, I'm, it's, it's, the loss doesn't count towards your record, so you could say it doesn't technically matter. But I do think it matters in confidence building, right? I think if your starters walk off the field and, and they're up 7 nothing, if you lose 35-7, to I don't care, then it really doesn't matter, right? Because you have the, the confidence of, if we would have kept playing our, our starters, it would have been fine. Thomas Brown is the offensive coordinator. I saw I saw this today um, because, like I say, I have a hard time not clicking on every bit of football content. I saw Justin Herbert mic'd up, okay? And this is at Chargers practice. And uh, after, a, I don't know, a run of, of plays, they didn't show every play, uh, Herbert walked off the sideline and gave a high five to what I believe was their offensive coordinator. Uh, and, he, and he just said three for three on that one, right? He was complimenting the offensive coordinator on finding three completions in practice. That's, I mean, are you ready for, for this uh, bit of uh, uh, public speaking masterpiece? We talk about practice. Not a game, not a game, not, not a preseason game. We talk about practice. So if you think co- players are noticing when they go three for three in practice, you better be darn sure they notice when they go uh, what was it? Five and out, three and out, three and out with the starters in the first preseason game. And they're looking at Thomas Brown going, all right, I don't Maybe you were calling bland plays, but maybe call a couple that get us first downs. And then there's this offensive line element. If you have an offensive, like, you can't tell us that it doesn't matter or that you're being bland. You can't tell us that the preseason is is for trying things out and, oh, it didn't work, and then turn around and have a offensive line-only meeting after the game with the offensive line coach. Because you're, if it was only because you weren't showing us your best tricks, if it's only because you were trying things out, then after the game, if it doesn't work, it's it's definitely not important enough to go have an offensive line-only meeting. If it doesn't matter, why have the extra meeting? Because you had to get together and say, we didn't play well, we didn't execute, we didn't win our one-on-ones, we didn't do the things that our play calling was designed to test us with, and because of that, our quarterback was getting popped left and right. So how does the rest of the team look at the offensive line? Right after a low pressure, low stakes, it doesn't really matter if we win or lose preseason game. After the team breaks down the postgame everything and everyone's getting ready to leave, the offensive line had to get together and have a we didn't play good enough conversation. What does that do for confidence in that particular part of the team? Now I'll say it again, right? The loss doesn't count against your record, so I, I get that that it's not the end of the world. And it shouldn't be, right? I, I'm still a big Iki Aquanu fan, right? Like, I still think Bozeman is a re- really above-average center. There's still a lot of positives on that offensive line, but they understand that things are, are 
not going uh, uh, as well as planned. And I don't know if, if, if we blink, blink for the rest of you, but our lights just flickered here, so who knows what's going on. Tim, do you think there's a little bit of a factor because Dennis Cox and Chris Lee brought this up in the Panthers Playbook Podcast, which is mm. a part of the Capital Broadcast and Check it out on our YouTube page. Number network. And, yeah, run up the numbers on the podcast. Do you think there was maybe a factor of the offensive line and maybe the Panthers' offense just feeling themselves a little bit? Because it sounded like last week, last Wednesday during training camp, the Panthers kind of had their way in joint practices with the Jets. Maybe they came into this game thinking, all right, new coach, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback. We've seen these teams in joint practices and had our way with them. Do you think there was a little bit of just maybe being too comfortable in a preseason game? Gosh, I hope not. Um, the reason why I say gosh, I hope not is that's that's a leadership and a coaching thing. If you think doing like ha- you know pretty well in a joint practice and looking strong in inter- intra squad scrimmages, and suddenly you've arrived and 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 you can you know ride that out is is if that's even in your mind, you need to have some thirteen year veteran, you know, right? Like a like a. a lion to their cubs on the the discovery channel needs to grab you by the scruff of the neck and say it's harder than that right it's it's it that's not how this goes the coaches need to look at you and say if you think you're hot bleep now wait till you get punched in the mouth by fill in xyz team um like there's if you went into the first preseason game with a rookie quarterback a new coach new uh uh wide receivers um, an offensive line that that's probably best player is a second year player. If if you went into the first preseason game riding too high and had to be humbled, I mean that there's there's a lot of readjusting of the temperature in that locker room that needs to be done. Now, if you won twenty seven zero in all three preseason games, maybe the coach should be worried about, hey, we need to make sure they know that the regular season is different and it's about to be more difficult. Like, I'm not saying a young team can't get too high on themselves, but I'm saying if you were too high on yourselves before you ever played a preseason game, there's some serious, like, you need to go find your your Charles Oakley or Udonis Haslam, and, and, and you need to give them uh, the, the old what for. You know what I mean? You need to, <laughs> you need to go find James Harrison and, and – or, or like a, I mean, I don't know why I'm picking other. You could use a Thomas Davis. You could use a Julius Peppers, right? Like you need that veteran to to let people know how it goes because that that would be a massive concern if they were riding too high before the very first preseason game. Um, we're going to take a break when we come back. Actually, you know what? If you have a reaction to the game, uh, it's a reaction Monday. I, I said today I wanted to hear from you. We'll open up the phone lines if you want it. Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. If you have a reaction to Bryce Young's preseason debut, the Panthers' preseason debut as a team, or maybe their arrogance. I guess might be the term there. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, we're getting there is just a tap away for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're asking you for your reactions. We want you in our corner also on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline, 919-860-5326 to call in with your reactions to the Panthers preseason opener, your first look at, at uh, hey. our guy Bryce Young in, in in his Panthers uniform, and I believe that hey just came from Ryan and Wendell. Ryan, are you there? Yes, I'm here. All right, right man. What's your, what's, what's your reaction to the Panthers and Bryce Young getting their first game action? Well, Bryce Young looked good enough for someone who only threw a couple of times. He certainly didn't look rattled. You know, but we'll see what he does okay. time and time uh, again. Ryan, you say good enough. That's interesting words. Uh, is there a world where he wouldn't have looked good enough? Like, are, are you watching C.J. Stroud and, and saying he's not good enough because his first drive ended in an interception? But more of that, he just looked composed. Hmm. He didn't look like he was like, oh, God, they're off. You know, <laughs> everybody always talked about you know, the speed of the game is so much harder in the NFL compared to college. Yeah, you know, obviously he didn't have the line support that he did at Alabama. So, like I said, he, you know, he, he was limited. But, like, for instance, he didn't take off run. He's fast, but he didn't immediately leap out of the pocket and start doing that. Dude. So, you know, like I said, I mean, it wasn't a whole lot, but he didn't look like he was uncomfortable. How big of a problem would it be if that offensive line doesn't get put put back together and start playing well? Oh, it'll be terrible. Yep. I mean, you know, how can you run a football team without an offensive line? Like I said, and you know, and the worst is when you see a rookie come in with all the talent in the world without a line. I, I can I never forget what happened with gosh, was it Carr. You're thinking David <laughs> Carr, not Derek Carr. You're going yeah, older yeah, older David, David Carr. Carr. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. First pick, you know, or Tim Couch in Cleveland. So many like gunslingers have come through and just gotten pounded. Ryan, that's a great point. It's a great point. Thank you for the call. Uh, once again, that 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 the uh, the Heaster Automotive Group hotline is open for your reactions to the the Panthers nine one nine eight six zero five three two six. And the the David Carr, he is the patron saint of it, and, and you know it's it's something that I planned on talking on later on the show. Um, that's a long term concern. Okay. The long-term concern, if you can't protect Bryce Young, is that he does become one of those quarterbacks that can't keep his eyes up, right? Is always looking at the rush. The short-term concern is he doesn't have success right now, right? Uh, the the short-term success is, or the sh- short-term concern is you're not able to win the division, or you lose games early on, and and you lose confidence. The long-term concern with not protecting your quarterback is he becomes somebody who gets happy feet and and you know, taps the ball too much and, and is, isn't able to get to his fourth read because he's he's a little skittish. That is what happened to David Carr. I think in a different world, David Carr gets drafted to a non-expansion team. We're talking about the older David Carr, or the older Carr, not Derek, who's still in the league. Uh, you know, he gets drafted to a team that's not an expansion club, and, and he might have a long career because he, he looked pretty darn good coming out of Fresno. Uh, let's look towards the, the ACC vote for the Stanford-Cal edition or non-edition. Uh we brought this up earlier. ESPN.com uh, has an article out where they out the four no's, okay? The the ACC, in order to extend an invitation to Stanford and Cal, when they vote, there's 15 voting members, so it's the 14 full ACC members and Notre Dame has a full vote. Out of the 15, you need 12 yeses 
to extend a, a, an offer. As it stands right now, the reports are they have 11 yeses and four noes. And the four noes come from North Carolina, North Carolina State, Clemson, and Florida State. And after seeing those schools, after seeing which schools voted no in the ACC vote, I'm interested in NC State's and North Carolina State's motivation for voting no. Right? Clemson, Florida State, Carolina have long been considered the strongest or most valuable brands in the ACC. NC State, um, for all of the good they, they, they do and all of the success they've had, they're seen in that next tier. And I, I'm not... I was around a whole bunch of NC State alums and fans uh, this past weekend, and they had genuine curiosity about why NC State chose to be in that group of four. Right? They, they're NC State alums, NC State fans, so you know they would throw the we out there. They would say, why, why did we vote no? Why did we vote no? Right? Because I, I believe they understood that in their uh, the NC State past they're probably more likely grouped with a bunch of the teams that said no rather than a bunch of the or sorry a bunch of the teams that said yes in the vote rather than the teams that said no you know my best guess was and this is kind of what we all came to as the most likely scenario my best guess is that carolina and state are operating on the the buddy system right they're operating on a hey if you vote with me i will take care of you system could UNC, who is seen as one of the more powerful brands in the ACC, have given NC State the guarantee that whatever happens, whatever happens with the future of the ACC, maybe we get an invite to the SEC, the Big Ten, maybe we get invited to a super conference, whatever happens, we will look out for you, but you have to vote with us, right? You have to uh, link up with us in votes like this one. Right, So you have to stop Stanford and Cal getting in here because you are the swing vote because we all know which side Florida State's going to be on. We all know side which side Clemson's going to be on, and we all know which side Carolina's going to be on. That means they only need one of the others to flip. You have to be the one that flips with us, and then we have your back. You also have to think about the impact that state legislators would have yep. on this decision as well. Matter of fact, back on June 9th, we had Senator Jim Perry on the show, and even before all this conference realignment, Cal and Stanford were in the discussion. This is what he had to say in response about Carolina potentially leaving the ACC without NC State. We talked a little bit about conference realignment earlier today. Um, someday there may come a time where the ACC doesn't exist anymore or, or schools are looking to get out of the ACC. Certainly, I know both of those schools have powerful alums. Do you think there's a, a, any chance that those schools would be allowed to – to leave the ACC and go their own separate ways, even if it meant you know one of them gets to the SEC and and the other one doesn't. Oh man, you're giving me a trap question, <laughs> uh, but I I will answer it. No, no, I do not. So if no. if Carolina got invited to the SEC and NC State was going to be relegated to a, a diminished ACC, you don't think they'd be allowed to go? I I do not. All right, it's just one idiot's opinion. No. And and that is the other option. And you'd still uh, uh, operate under the buddy system, but it might have been some kind of state legislator, some t- some type of elected official. Of, of there, there'd be a few options there. Telling North Carolina, you're not going to go anywhere without NC State. 
and Carolina, like any any you know person in that situation, they might have thrown a little bit of a why? Why would we have to? Why do we have to worry about them? And then and then guess what happens? Okay, you're gonna take them, but I will let them know they have to vote with you. Right? It's, it's sort of like the joke of little brother versus big brother when and, it comes to North Carolina versus NC State. And and I, I was I was stopping just short of using that metaphor, um, because obviously then then. The, the reason why I stopped short of making that that joke or that that reference that that uh, connection is because then I think the argument changes right then it becomes we're not the little brother and and you get distracted in that argument rather than what could be what is actually happening right it's it could be um, just a simple business transaction right you need like the, we don't know if it went this way this is what I'm trying to say we don't know what direction it went in right. Everybody in the ACC seems to be worried about their survival, okay? And that goes for Boston College, that goes for Syracuse, that goes for uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, all the way up to Florida State and Clemson and these schools that are obviously, or at least Florida State, obviously wanting out. Everyone's out for their survival, okay? It seems like uh, everyone in the college sports world is operating for their survival in one of two forms. One is... Uh, clinging to how it is now and trying to make their current system and situation survive. The other is expecting in the near future for there to be some kind of break off of the very top of college football. Maybe they're not in the NCAA. Maybe they are some kind of mini NFL. Maybe it is a 50 or 60 team super conference and they're angling for the best situation to get in there. Okay. So uh, it could have been NC state saying, Listen, Carolina, we're better as a unit, right? There's a lot of people saying you fit best in the Big Ten and we fit best in the SEC. If we pair, right, then we uh, can can double our chances of someone really, really wanting us. So maybe NC State went to Carolina and said, hey, whatever we're going to do, let's do together, but let's make some kind of pact that that whatever the next step is, neither of us goes without the other. And then Carolina said, fine, but you have to vote no on this. And they were like, deal. That's how we'll prove our our loyalty, right? There's a million different backdoor channels that get them operating as a buddy system. Could be a politician or an elected official telling them, you're a buddy system. Could be Carolina giving them, meaning giving state a promise of wherever we go, we'll take you with us, but we need you to be uh, voting with us. Or it could be state approaching them and saying, listen, um, we both are worried about the future of the ACC. I want to make sure I'm not left out. What do you need from me to get me to bring to get you to bring me along? Right? There's a million different ways behind closed doors that they could end up in this situation. My point is, I don't think NC State is a no vote on Stanford and Cal, unless they're however they got there. There's a reason to connect them to State in the background. Could be an elected official. Could have started with each team. It seems like it has to be there. And that is now fascinating because, I mean, the the vote nature of it, the alliance nature of it, it screams like 2001 uh, a reality show uh, phenom survivor, right? It feels like, uh, you know, Jeff Probst is up there popping open the urn, reaching in there and reading names. And there's secret alliances, right? It might be 
you know, Florida State and Clemson are aligned. It might be Carolina and State are aligned. It might be that a school like Virginia Tech wanted to vote no because they think they'd be included in any kind of super conference, but there might be other alliances taking place elsewhere, and their alliance decided they were voting the other way. Two original teams in the ACC, two of the oldest teams in the ACC, and mm-hmm. nothing against NC State. Obviously, Carolina versus Duke, obviously NC State versus Carolina in basketball is not as big as Carolina mm-hmm. versus Duke. But hey, remember there was one time where the Tobacco Road rivalry of Carolina versus NC State was bigger mm-hmm. in basketball than what we see now between Carolina and Duke. There, there, yes, and and protecting that rivalry might be part of it. But I think if rivalries were the uh, number one thing here it, it would have been we'd see different alliances being made but the the reason why i bring up survivor is just because uh and by the way i was a, a bit of a survivor nerd i mean it's still going on they're still playing it now i think they've ruined it they've added in too many weird secret idols and uh steal of votes and all these other things but for about 20 seasons it was a great show um as soon as an alliance is made in the show you're waiting for that alliance to be broken blindsided right there's nothing i mean i don't think there can be any kind of contractual obligation that says hey if you vote with me or hey if you do this you know i'll protect you so there's a lot of handshaking a lot of looking in the eyes and a lot of saying like i got your back uh and in my assumption here and those can i mean again i've watched survivor they you, you can you can shake a hand you can look in an eye and say i'm not going to mess you over and then walk right up to that that podium and write down the wrong name and uh everybody gets really surprised and i'm going yeah it's survivor you should have expected it um for example remember the the what would they call it the super alliance right where the the big 10 and the uh acc what was it the pac-12 all got together and shook hands and looked each other in the eye and said alliance unite and then immediately they started messing each other over i don't know how much uh stake i would put in a handshake and a, and a good firm looky in the eye in college sports right now because it seems like everybody is is saying whatever it takes to get them in the right position and then from that point on you know it's it's every man for himself but if nc state is in whatever that second tier of power and thinks their best path is to buddy up with carolina explains everything right and now they're just going to look to that that big three of Florida, uh, Florida State, Clemson, and Carolina and say, remember, I did this for you. Remember. Speaking of NC State, uh, we talked about this earlier with Drake May, the camp or QB Confidential that came out on uh, ESPN where they went and interviewed anonymous coaches, head coaches, coordinators, uh, and, and asked for opinions on all the quarterbacks and the noteworthy quarterbacks in college football. The Brennan Armstrong experience at NC State, I don't know if there's a quarterback right now that has as wide of a a range of outcomes that people are expecting from Brennan Armstrong. I mean, it's an unbelievably high ceiling and an unbelievably low floor as the possibilities for Armstrong. Again, I said I was hanging out with a bunch of uh, state and uh, state alums and state fans this weekend. And they said, like, realistically, what's the expectation for us this year? And, I mean, I, I wanted to give them an answer, but first I had to ask, are you getting 2021 Brennan Armstrong or are you getting 2022 Brennan Armstrong? An ACC coach said anonymously, Armstrong is really good. When Anai was the offensive coordinator, he looked amazing. He's going to be an NFL first-rounder. 
A nice system is productive, but it's weird. So Armstrong could have a great year at NC State, but is he an NFL quarterback? No, because he can't adjust to another system. That is a another ACC coach saying Brennan Armstrong could look like an NFL first rounder this year. Now, he's not saying he will be an NFL first rounder because he has that stain of being a system quarterback on him because he was super successful with a nye and then not as successful with Tony Elliott, which we might learn that maybe Tony Elliott is maybe a little bit of the problem there. We'll see. But, uh, but even if the coach doesn't think he will be an NFL guy because he only looks good in one system, he could look that good this year. I mean, and looking like a first rounder is about as good as a college quarterback can play. And then the floor is what he put on tape last year. Seven touchdowns, 12 interceptions. That has to be the widest range of outcomes of any quarterback in the conference, maybe the country. You have Vegas setting the wins, loss record at under six and a half, or excuse me, seven and a half. Then you have somebody like Josh Pate, who I think highly of when it mm-hmm. comes to college football, saying that they're way ahead of the curve of Vegas. I feel like a lot of times, especially in state situation, this year, Devin Leary's not there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of national media just looks at that and says, oh, Devin Leary's not there. They, don't really, they haven't really heard much about Brian Armstrong. And then Robert and I also coming in, don't know too much about there. It, feel like the narrative every year is you never know what you're going to get out of NC State. I feel like this year it's never been more true than it is right now. And we even saw the ACC network on their little training camp uh, cruise or training camp uh, tour uh, stop at NC State, and they were extremely high in their praise for NC State's defense, right? And it makes sense, right? They, they led the ACC in uh, points allowed last year over the season. Uh, Peyton Wilson coming back. They have uh, Aiden White in the secondary. Like they, they've, um, they they have reason to be optimistic on on defense. But it's the the range of outcomes on the offense that I think is so impressive and so. I mean, just having your quarterback who could have a first round worthy performance all the way down to having five more interceptions than touchdowns. That's not a difference of a couple points a game, right? That's the difference between uh, winning and losing in a lot of chances, a lot of, a lot of situations. So, you know, and, and by the way, anytime you look at any quarterback and you think of what's their tippy tippy top ceiling and what's their rock bottom floor, chances are you're going to get somewhere in the middle, right? You're not going to get either of them. If Brennan Armstrong is solid, I think State, you know, I mean, I think they go over six and a half, seven and a half, whatever the number is in, in Vegas, depending on where you look. Um, but there's no guarantee he's going to be solid. And if he's great, then obviously they're they're way above it. But, uh, but they've built in a little bit of a, a cushion with how good their defense can be. Now it's sit back and wait and see if Robert and I can recapture the the, the magic that was 2021 with Armstrong with, by the way, um, at least a lesser proven wide receiver core. I think it's underrated how good that UVA uh, wide receiver group was for, for Brendan Armstrong during the year. He, he went bananas statistically. Uh, so with a lesser proven, they might be as talented, but it's a lesser proven wide receiver core for NC state. And that's even with the uh, addition of eighth year, do we even call him a senior? Eighth year. <laughs> yeah, what, what are we calling this like guy? Like uh, third year of his residency, Bradley Rosner, who's an incoming uh, wide receiver transfer from super Rice. super senior. Yeah, I think you have to say he's in like law school. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's he's in his eighth year of college football. There's, you know, to to 
what what is it um Tommy boy, right? Lots of people go to school for seven years. Yeah, they're called doctors. Exactly. Like, I think, I, th- I mean, you have to make that joke at least like once a week towards Rosner, right? He's an eighth year college football player. Uh, those don't exist very often. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What do we got going on with this music? You can't always get what you want, Panthers fans, but if you try some time, just give, Pan- just give the Panthers offense and Bryce Young a little bit more time. All right. You'll get what you need. There you go. That's all right. I'm curious on the, the song choice, so solid explanation. Um, before we talk Panthers, and I want to get back to the Panthers, a little bit of breaking news. Uh, the running back market, which has been so stagnant, right? Dalvin Cook out there looking for a team. Kareem Hunt out there looking for a team. Uh, Zeke Elliott no longer out there looking for a team. The Patriots, according to Ian Rappaport, expected to sign former Cowboys star Ezekiel Elliott to a one-year deal worth up to $6 million after his successful free agent visit earlier in camp. That is per Rappaport of NFL Network and his colleague Tom Pelissero. <laughs> I mean, that's not a lot of money. One year up to $6 million. Up to is is the, the key word there, which means uh, it is less unless he does something to earn the up to. Um, and we'll, we'll wait to see the exact numbers. But this is... You know, the running back world in a nutshell. Zeke at one point in time was one of, if not the best running back in the league. He's still well below 30. He was effective, if not superstar last year and one year up to $6 million. And so that that's the world. That's what you, you deal with with running backs. Um, the other thing is, this is such a Patriots move, Right. The dented can special. They go find a running back for cheap on the market, and it looked like they were finally going to have a bell cow back. It looked like they were going to have Ramondre Stevenson, and that was going to be their their guy, and they were going to get him a ton of carries, and fantasy players were really excited. Now, I mean, it's almost a guarantee that Zeke Elliott's going to be vulturing touchdowns. I was just going to say it's the Bill Belichick special. How many times do we see him grab a player that oh, yeah, very looks much like so. was – I'm not going to say Zeke's career was – fading off a little bit, but obviously has not been reaching expectations the past couple of seasons. You know, Belichick's been well-known for taking a player and just re, mm-hmm. re-adopted him. I, I, don't, I don't even know what the word would be to say, re-evaluate like, like him. A, like and a reclamation out. project, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like it needs to be a show. A resurrection. On, it needs to be a show on uh, on TLC where he's like uh, uh, going to the scrapyard of players. The Bella and, Bunch. And then they're they're you know putting new upholstery on the seats. They're buffing out the chrome. And oh look at this! It's such a cool uh, new player. Uh, but we've seen it. We, I mean, obviously Randy Moss is the best example of it for the Patriots. Um, there's the Corey Dillon. Uh, they tried it with Albert Hainsworth. They tried it with uh, Ocho Cinco. They 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 love bringing in a player late in their career and seeing if they have a little bit of gas left in the tank. Uh, and that appears to be what's going on here. Um, but Zeke now a Patriot. And according to Rappaport and Pelissero and more of their reporting, plans to wear number 15, which is what he wore in Ohio State. 
The new number thing is still it's a little jarring. Running back, running around in 15? Feels like he should be... I mean, 21 was a little low. I need like a 34. Bryce Young. Let's jump to the, uh, the Panthers game. Uh, in the most broad sense of football, right? In, in the most bird's-eye view sense of football, I, I know this. Uh, the Panthers better get their act together on the offensive line for the sake of Bryce Young, right? I, I uh, often say this when it comes to – actually, we'll use running backs. We'll use Zeke as an example, right? Uh, um, hits don't know when they happen, right? If you take a ton of hits in, in college – and it's like, oh, why are you losing steam? Why are your knees going at age 26? It's like, well, you had 400 carries a year for four years in college, right? Just because you don't have a lot of NFL carries, the hits don't know where they are. If you, if you preseason carries, if you're getting tackled, that's still a hit, right? If your coach is big on full contact practice, your, your knees, your shoulders don't go, oh, that hit, you know, won't add up with all the other hits I take because I took them in practice. So if Bryce Young is on the field, your offensive line has to be good enough to protect him because Bryce Young's joints, his body, don't know when the hits take place. Right? It's not like, oh, that one happened in the preseason, so I'm gonna forget about it. Like, you know, bruises last for for you know a couple weeks, whether they happen in preseason practice or a game. After the game, the Panthers had an offensive lineman-only meeting with their offensive line coach, James Campen, uh, to discuss what needs to happen to keep their quarterbacks from being hit. Their center, who we talk often about, uh, Bradley Bozeman. Left tackle, who we talk often about, Ike Aquanu, went to uh, state, first-round pick, top-ten pick. Both said the performance was not good enough. David Newton, who covers the Panthers for ESPN, also thinks that offensive line needs to be better. I saw his offensive line better play better. Or he's not going to survive the season. I mean, they were the line was pretty dreadful. I mean, he got hit on what three of seven times he dropped back to throw. So he, he's he's got to do better. They've got to do better than that. In fact, it was so bad that the offensive line coach James Camp and he called the offensive line together for a private meeting after Frank Wright talked to the team. So they left the room, went back to their offensive meeting room, and met and. They came in back, you know, Bryce Young had already showered and was ready to meet with the media, and here comes the line in. And I, I talked to a couple of them, and they basically said that Campen and, and the line wanted to talk, that that wasn't a standard that was acceptable for that group. And, uh, and the word that uh, Cam Irving, their backup veteran left or right tackle, kept saying, said that blankety-blank wasn't good enough. It'll be a long season if the Panthers can't do better at keeping Bryce Young upright. That is immediate short-term urgency, right? You'd like him to go a series or two in the second preseason game without being touched. It's that kind of immediate urgency. If you can't protect the quarterback, you can take all those lofty preseason conversations we had. Remember what we were asking, are they a playoff team? The division is not very good. Could they win the division? You can take all of those lofty, all of those those highbrow expectation conversations and throw them in the trash if you can't protect your quarterback. Especially if the starting offensive line for the Panthers can't protect the quarterback against the backups for the Jets. Right? That's why it was so jarring. And a lot of times pass protection, it is... Yes, a thinking man's game, right? It's a lot of 
communication, but a lot of times it's also just stopping the guy in front of you, right? Edge rushers and tackles, one-on-one. You're going you're gonna to stop them or you're going to get your, your quarterback hit. That's what it is. But it's not just that short-term urgency. It's the long-term urgency too, right? You have a year to figure it out before you have to start worrying about Bryce Young long-term, right? The, the caller brought it up earlier. Before you start worrying about him being David Card, which is you'll never be the same quarterback because you hear footsteps because you're looking at the rush. You're not trusting your eyes downfield because you're constantly going, if I'm looking downfield, who is going to hit me down low? Look at a team like the Bengals. Joe Burrow got smacked around his rookie year, right? One of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. Then they went ahead and spent a ton of money that offseason on offensive line and again spent money on the offensive line the next offseason because they said, we don't want Joe Burrow to be looking at the rush. Franchise quarterback is a long-term game. So the protection thing matters, right? One year, a young guy taking a bunch of hits, that's not going to change the way he's wired. Two years, three years, four years where they're taking a bunch of hits, that'll change the way your brain operates in the pocket. Could change the way you love the game, Andrew Luck-like. So this is a, a immediate and a long-term need. If you want to win this year and you're the Panthers, you fix what happened in preseason game one. Also, put it on your radar long-term. Put it on your radar for the long-term. Because if, you're, if your offensive line can't do better than they did against the backups for the Jets, it is going to be an ugly development for Bryce Young because he's going to be trying to read defenses and identify disguises and pick which, which uh, you know third and fourth progression he wants to go to, right? Third and fourth wide receiver in the route, and, and he's going to be getting pummeled. And then eventually his brain is going to tell him, after we get to the second progression, you're going to get pummeled. So duck, run, uh, throw it away. And, and you're not going to be successful as Bryce Young in the NFL, right? He's not Anthony Richardson uh, taking that kind of beating and or having to make those kind of quick decisions with a wildly fast, artificially fast internal alarm clock. You have to worry about him getting David Card. I like that from the caller earlier. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. 